Lots of girth. We're not dead. A podcast about a story of survival. Bang, 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 bang. I think this is 65, so we actually hit retirement age for this. Cool. Not Is it really 65? It I think you're right. It is. That's I just perfect. checked on my phone. Yeah. I was 64. We can collect was... Social Security. <laughs> <laughs> We're finally old enough. Uh, all yeah. right. So let's just go and see what happens. Hello and welcome to whatever this show's name is because it's been almost a year. Uh, I am your host, Nick Voodoo. Britt is unfortunately not going to be here for this uh, finale episode of We're Not Dead. Uh, so this That's is, fitting. It, it is awfully <laughs> fitting because she was sort of like mildly to completely absent for like the last year of it anyway. Uh, anyway, uh, I am Nick Voodoo. I'm your host. This is episode 65 of We're Not Dead. We are officially collecting social security. Uh, I am joined today by Beesball. That's right. Damn straight. And some guy, I, I'm sorry, what was your name again? Uh, I'm just some guy. Just some, some guy. guy. All right, so hey, some guy, welcome. Uh, and of course, your some guy is Casey Wayland. So hello and welcome. It's been forever. The show's over now. The show's been over for like almost two months now, or has been over for two months has now. Has it been two months already? Has it been two months? That's right. <laughs> it was, <laughs> was it June like or it? I I July? It was July. It was July? So barely a month. Wow. We're, we're September. So, like, technically we ended, I think, like, July 28th was the actual, oh, I think like, the official, That sounds more right. I think the official podcast release was then. I think the the show in L.A. was sooner, so I'm basing off of that. Okay, okay, fine. A month and a half. <laughs> I'm being very <laughs> semantical because that's how I do. Uh, so, yeah, show's over. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the end. We're going to talk a lot about where the future the future to infinity and beyond and what have you and uh we can all make fun of my horrible shit-tastic predictions because that's fun uh <laughs> i wish you had a like a baseball batting average uh listed you know I it, what would it be like do you think it would be like under 150 i would be hovering probably right around the mendoza line around like 200 I two hundred. I think that good. I I don't know. Baseball. I was doing better. I was doing better in <laughs> blog land, and then I started like talking out loud, and people could like hear it, and then it just got worse. The problem is people start expecting it, which means you start forcing it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was right. So when you when you feel like you have to to deliver a new prediction, like one new prediction each week, then you're going to be you know. It, it's just maybe a little more flimsy than yeah, the original one. Choking up on the bat and you're just gripping a little too hard and so I just let it happen. Yeah. Uh, I didn't play baseball, so if any of that makes any sense, I'm proud. Sort of like I'm proud of hitting <laughs> no, one out of five. Okay. Well, so it doesn't make yeah. any sense. I played hockey. What can I tell you? I stood in front of a net and people shot things at me. I, anyway. But that explains a lot. It does. It explains my drain bramage. Um, you have no idea when you say hockey, I want to talk hockey all of a sudden, but I'm restraining myself. <laughs> hockey! Uh, zombies, guys. <laughs> zombies. Focus. Zombies. Right, zombies. zombies. <laughs> all right. And that's that's the few times I'll actually... All right, let's talk briefly about, uh, with Casey, the live event. 
just because that was a cool thing. And it was the first time that there was a live event that got cut off to the masses. So it was really exclusive. What could you fit in there? Like 150, 200 people less, more? Uh, we had, I think in total, I think it was what, like 330 seats. And we oh, all, okay. we, we sold Good out. Night. Um, but uh, weirdly enough, a lot of people bought tickets and didn't show up. So we had like, I think like 20 what? seats empty or something like that. It was really sad uh, that like, cause there's people emailing me all the time. Like, Hey, can I get in? And I'm like, well, I might be able to scrounge this ticket here, and I would get them that ticket or this ticket. Like if if sometimes we'd have one free up, or it's like, hey, I can't I can't go, and right. So, so that was sad that like we had empty seats, and there were people that wanted to go still, and yeah. So yeah. oh well, uh, for for next time, what we'll do is if we have, do have a next time, we'll obviously have like a standby queue, and then see what we can do to get people in. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you get local people who are fans of the show but couldn't get tickets just to line up and say, hey. 10 tickets are probably going to free up. So. Yeah. No, they, they they oversell most concerts, don't they? Yeah. Well, I know they do that concerts, with flights. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. The, uh, theatrical shows, they can't do that. It's illegal. Yeah. So if you try to do it and you get caught, you're in an absolute boatload of trouble. But uh, that's, that's the New York way is follow the rules. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I know there was like a contingent of people that like – just came across the country or at least they i know they spoke about it and i know that i was invited to that group but uh there were some I, we had from uh sweden yes i saw that Good people night, flew sweden. In from sweden i know there was uh, that makes me feel like i don't have any excuse for not being there <laughs> 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 it's an expensive i mean it, if you guys were to come out i mean it's a minimum 300 hundred dollar flight ticket and then you have to stay there uh, so you, it's at least the bare minimum 500 dollars to go to the event and you have to have the time so i understand most people it's like $500, be able to listen to it online later at home. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I spent yeah. my five bucks, and I th I say I spent it well. Uh, and I got it the week before. <laughs> That's what I did. Yeah. Awesome. I, What's funny is I spent the $5, and then I didn't I didn't listen to it till it came out on the podcast anyway. <laughs> because I, I'm a creature of habit, and my podcast feed, it you know I just go in there and I look for things to listen to. But I had it on my phone, but it was buried deep down in like the file management system. So I, I forgot to look it up. And then it popped up a week later. Oh, I should probably listen to this. I just spent five bucks so, on it. I'll listen no, to it. No, I, I felt fine that I sent it. So, you know. Five bucks is five bucks. It helps with the whatever the next thing is. Wink, wink. Yes, nudge, yeah. nudge. We Same actually had a lot of uh, people buy it, and then like we had so many problems because we it was a zip file, and people right. lost their minds mm -hmm. of what's a zip file, and I'm like, really, <laughs> <laughs> really, <laughs> you can't. Well, it was a lot of people trying to get it on their Wind phones because that was zip. the problem, and they're using their iPhones, and like they go into download it once, and I was like, nope, and I was like, oh, they tried again and tried again, and they exceed their number of downloads, and then we get emails and. So we'll find a better way for next time, but yeah. <laughs> yeah we're, I, we're, I was one of those people. Aren't there like WinZip for phones though? No, not for iPhones. No, not for iPhone. And it was one of those things that oh. occurred to me as I clicked download. I was like, that was the dumbest thing you've done all day because it's a zip file. It's not going to work for you. Yeah, we uh, had a, we, there was a specific warning on the thing that says download on your computer and then transfer to your phone. But next time it, we'll, we'll, we'll figure a way know, around it. I, I was excited to get it. I was at Just work. don't do a zip file. <laughs> well, we, what's the difference? We had like music three megabytes? attached. So it was a music pack. So if you didn't download it, you, you, you didn't download it, Bees? 
No, I downloaded okay, it. The, I got the all all four files. Okay, yeah, because yeah, there was music or, MP3s inside there too that was part of like this music pack. So that's that's the reason we did it was yeah. we wanted to offer something that wouldn't be available after uh, the because right. people can't Just one get nice those bundle. now. That it was an exclusive. I probably already had those songs anyway. You probably sent them to me for sound effects. <laughs> no, 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 those were new. Um, the the yeah. finale song was specifically written for the finale, and. Oh yeah, the one I messaged you about and specifically commented on. <laughs> yep, yep, that one. That's so great. that that yeah, that one was was yeah. packaged with it. Um, and then uh, what we did was we worked at a deal with our music uh, composer uh, Daniel Hopkins, and uh, he got a cut of the all the downloads, which was great. Awesome. Cool. Um, I have a quick question. I remember when I texted you saying, you know, that that lost song was really fitting and a a, a good surprise. You had said something about it being a long story and it being more difficult than you expected. You want to shed some light on what you meant by that? Uh, what do you mean? Well, the finale song where it graphs the intro theme from all these years into something that morphs into something much more positive. Oh, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's, uh, the songs. It, there's a lot of like little hidden themes inside there too. Like, uh, uh, for those musically inclined, there's things called leitmotifs, which are really just like the musical themes for those characters. And Saul and Lizzie's is inside of there. Um, and it's also towards the end of the show, you hear it as well there. Anytime that Saul and Lizzie have some sort of like climactic event happening, their theme comes up right. and it's it's a real prevalent thing. And um, the the theme itself, um, it starts, it's just like the show. It kind of starts out harsh. It's a lot of violence. And then it gets into some of the softer moments. And by the end, it's really like a delicate leaving of the story. So it's kind of a, um, it's our end credits song without the credits, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's exactly what I was trying to draw out of you. <laughs> I, I also was one of those people since I downloaded it on my phone, I didn't get the music. Well, files. you heard it at the end oh, of the well, finale. At money least well that spent part. anyway. So. Um, Right, no, definitely. Uh, so, since we're segueing into the the structure of how it was built, uh, we'll just briefly go over some of the obvious main themes of what Spoiler, happened in yeah, the final the story. chapter. <laughs> um, oh yeah, that story thing we're supposed to talk about. Who knew? Um, so, again, we pick up obviously right where we left off. There's Scratch and Dunbar and. CJ and everyone is now screwed because they're pinned down. They can't get to pegs. They can't talk to pegs that they don't think. And they have to, they send Tanya and Kelly, because I just completely forgot her name, even though I listened to it an hour ago, uh, down in the garbage chute. CJ, in her infinite wisdom, all of a sudden, has a cache of weapons in the basement like she always did, which has tear gas CS, and whatever. Yeah. C Cialis? C CS gas? Okay, that was... <laughs> Cialis, that won't work with most <laughs> of the people in that building. Um, so they set off the CS gas to force uh, all the three maulers that are in the building to look down as Pegs uh, gets uh, Nick and Hope and run up so they can get to the fire escape. And I'm just going to essentially do the story and not in the broken up bits, but just whatever. Uh, they get outside. Scratch follows them. Hope has a gun hidden after uh, Pegs runs out of ammo. And then comes one of my horribly wrong predictions uh, down in flames where Pegs shoots Scratch. She falls off the balcony. Bert arrives, kicks her gun away, knocks her out. 
and Riley doesn't get the chance to avenge Angel in the way that I thought that would happen. Should, should I apologize um, if I'm wrong? And know. then everyone's Ooh, all... Curious. <laughs> no, you, what you should appropriately <laughs> no, it's, it's, do is laugh. It's a very... It's a valid... Just be valid like, you suck so hard. No, and that, and the entire point was who I who did I think gained the most? And it's just a matter of opinion. I thought that Riley would gain more out of Angel, except for the part where she turned out to be a little gay. And I was like a little bit completely wrong. Well, so, you know what's funny is you harped on whatever. that for so long, um, and that's kind of a small that detail that, w- that he could have put in. Like maybe that was the I original know. intent. And then he was like, I'm just going to tick off Nick because, you know, I want to. <laughs> Oh, yeah. her, her sexuality? Because he's been harping Count, on like, it revealing so it. hard. The, the story wouldn't have been, yeah. I think, because I, I, I went back yeah. and forth of, because uh, my perspective of it was the was sort of Riley's perspective also, and some other characters as well. I don't know who voiced it, but uh, where it's like, why does yeah, it, but right. it did, yeah. it did kind of matter, and it was something that's like, you know what, let's reveal it, let's find a good way to, to a good spot for it. And the conversation with Bert worked out well, because um, the, the, the really amazing part about it was it was a really uh, convenient time because Lizzie had just died in the story. So everything that they talk about and reveal about her and Riley and their relationship is all bittersweet because the audience knows that at this moment, Lizzie is gone. So that's kind of it, it worked out perfectly to put it in that spot. And ultimately, the way that it was built, yes, you everyone saw the hints because we we've been talking about it for years that is she isn't she she probably is and then i had convinced myself because i thought it was a cooler plot twist that no it was really angel that she was after and whatever and to me it because i had convinced myself so hard that she was the one that was going to kill scratch because of angel and because of her feelings for him i had completely convinced myself of it that when it was revealed that she was gay and she actually loved lizzie and the reason that she was doing it was you know her own reasons that she explained i was like Ah, I don't buy it so muddy for me. I don't understand. And now as I It's in the first chance. episode, it really where she's like, um um uh, uh she says to Ang- uh, she says to Michael, I'm sorry, you're not my type and uh You're not my type, yeah. Right. So it's 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 that's, apparent. Well, from I mean the that's get-go. kind of what kicked off all of it from the very beginning. Everybody I think referenced that line a lot. But I mean in terms of, you know, just uh the signs being there, virtually every other bachelorette, available bachelorette in the in the show was trying or was shacking up with somebody with the exception of you know hope who's probably too young and uh, and uh, uh saul's mom um mm, tanya yeah you know lizzie and uh all them and uh cj i mean they they all had their crushes or relationships basically except for for her so because it's well, she, she had everybody her. be doing everybody <laughs> It's for, I mean, then it would just be friends. So. <laughs> <laughs> I the think one somebody where... put together a, a flow chart of the friends' sexual relationships. Oh, it's, oh, yeah, it's yeah. hilarious. My wife loves friends <laughs> and watches it nonstop. So many STDs. Oh, yeah. I didn't like... want to... Yeah, we're alive never. Like, we didn't really cross... Uh, people had their person, and then I didn't really like cross the lines because it was this isn't that kind of story. But there was still like the relationships that they had with each other were still incredibly important. But I didn't feel like you know jumping from one camp to the other. The only thing we came close to on was uh, CJ. So, but that's that's right. about it. Right. And even then, Saul didn't well, do anything. So it was he was he was in the clear. Mm-hmm. 
He did. He <laughs> he got a good glimpse. Well, so did Victor. Yeah. So it's you know it's well, it's different true. when there's someone else in the room. Yeah, I guess so. Makes it more awesome or more awkward. One of those a words. Um. So scratchy poo ends up dying by the hand of starvation and aproponis while buried in a casket which is fitting and awesome and way better than anything i could have imagined because it's devious it's horrible on so many levels and there's no way anyone can get her out and i loved it uh what was that always the plan for her was no, yeah. something well, like you that can, there's a huge plant for it in season two um, where Bert is in the, uh, in the basement and he's been tortured and one, and she smashes, uh, Shirley mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Bert goes, I'm going to bury you. He says it in the third season. So it's like, I was like, it'll just put that there and see if anybody notices. And I don't <laughs> think really many people have. So yeah, it's, it's been, there were a couple scenarios for her death, um, uh, one of them was possibly going to be involved with uh, a choice of infection, but that just didn't seem to oh, work okay. because uh, Scratch, the way that the story arcs worked, uh, and you may notice this, Scratch really doesn't interact much with the Ink storyline. They're they're almost completely separate. Mm-hmm. Um, they really are. Yeah, enti- almost entirely. Yeah, it's there's no there's no overlap between them, and it's that's intentional because um, it. Uh, it would be too convenient if they intertwined in some way. And so they kind of have to keep separate. And I think the conflict itself was better if it's human, human versus, you know, throwing zombies in the mix of it and just muddling up a, a little bit more than it needed to be. Were there any other, like just thrown out there scenarios of how she might die aside from the way she did in that other way? Or was um, this pretty no, much it? That, that was pretty alive. much it. The, the buried alive was the, the most fitting one because of the starvation she did for Bert. That pretty much sealed that ending for her. Once once we got into Bert's torture, it was like the, the ending for her was set in stone. Mm-hmm. Um, and there wasn't really any scenario where she was going to live. Um, no, definitely not. Because it's one of those things where you have to... Um, well, technically, she sort of lived, but not... Um, but it was one of those things where you like, how can you continue or end and go into an epilogue with that person still hanging alive somewhere out there? She would never stop. There's only one possible solution for her. And it's the same for, uh, for ink. You know, they had, they had to go whether or not, um, you know, there was other scenarios we pretty much didn't, uh, didn't pan out. So speaking of inky poo, uh, the story, the rest of the storyline with uh, Michael Saul and Victor ends up with Saul going back down to fix and repair Cody because Ink has taken out the detonators from the C4, so he's got to go back and fix it. Uh, Cody is properly screwed up. He gets down there, um, gets attacked by uh, Ink. Uh, bit. Ink expects him to turn. It doesn't happen. Uh, Saul takes the katana that he got from CJ, cuts his legs off, cuts off Ink's legs because proper grammar helps you identify what's going on, and Ink <laughs> leads out and then is blown to bits after Saul identifies that Michael was right and there were new little ones and they were apparently horrifying and terrifying, and Saul blows himself up, takes out all the tunnel work underneath uh, LA, crushes everything that is down there. As you Saul inserted Victor- something there. That's what not did I entirely insert? true. 
What did I miss? Or what did I add? Well, you added that they were terrifying. That's never mentioned. I am inserting that as a viewer of this show. <laughs> they're, they're big zombies. They're kind of... I would be terrified. Could they be? Um, whatever was next uh, has has no hint in the series. Just that there was something so, next. Uh, right. So they could be giant fluffy bunnies. They could be. That would actually be even <laughs> more terrifying than giant fluffy, fluffy bunnies. bunnies. But, but okay, I, was, so I just wanted fluffy. to comment on that because you were... It, yeah, I just have just certain qualms about what I don't want to have... Uh, not that I don't want to have said, but uh, I don't want it to think like I'm... Uh, encouraging endorsing? that. Yeah. Endorsing? Yeah. Okay. Endorsing that. Fair enough. Uh, he I, uh, I, I he did see them, say... though, correct? Correct. Saul is the only person to have seen whatever it was. Little one 2.0. Sure. Sure, why not? And no one lived to tell the tale. <laughs> I gotta say, for the for like the two minutes leading up to the point where he killed himself uh, or sacrificed himself, I could see it coming, right? Like building up, and I was like, oh, no. Please don't, please don't. But I wasn't saying please don't Saul. I wasn't playing saying that. I was saying please don't Casey. Yep. I was like saying in my head, please don't, please don't kill Saul, Casey. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's not necessary. It but is. It was entirely so. necessary. It really yeah. was. Um, <laughs> Saul, um, as much as his heroic as his choices were at the end there, they're also um, there's also a lot more to it than that. I mean, he. He just lost Lizzie. Uh, the pressure of raising uh, the boy in his own was surmounting too, and the fact that he could take it all away from him just made much more sense. And it took him so long to get down there to where he was, he knew that there was no coming back. It's one of those things where it's like it's a one-way trip. That's why he had the other two stay. I feel like you've just been watching too much Game of Thrones and Downton Abbey. I think that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and that just pisses me off. No, it, it's 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 entirely necessary. Um well the No, I'm I'm just messing with you. Oh, I okay. thought it was a great I I'm not actually upset about it. If I, it was Game of uh, Thrones, he would have sacrificed himself and then the sacrifice would have been for nothing. So right. that, <laughs> that that's that's kind of the, his writing style, whereas mine was um I try and find beauty in death. Where George R. R. Martin yeah. finds, what is it, like death and beauty or something like that. Yeah. It's a tragedy. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. So the only other thing to cover from the Michael Victor aspect of that is when they get out of the tunnel collapsing. Uh, he Michael is again confronted by Randy, who then gets taken out almost completely unceremoniously by Victor. Just like, I told you I wasn't going to let anyone get near you again. To solidify the fact that Victor has learned from his mistake and has Michael's back and what have you. It's just like, wow. Hi, Randy. Bye, Randy. I get a lot of crap for that, too. A lot of people really? are like, they're like, it's so anticlimactic what happens to Randy. And I'm like... Look, the the do you want me to draw out a long death scene for everybody? It, and they're also like, oh, you kill all three in in a matter of like. I'll I'll tell you what they wanted. I'll tell you what they wanted. They wanted like a James Bond monologue from Randy is what they wanted. <laughs> they wanted, they wanted, wanted ink actually. There was a lot of people. I got a lot yes. of responses of people were like, why didn't you have ink talk at the end? And I'm like, that's not his style. That's not what he does. Yeah. He's not going to exactly. monologue to Saul while he's while he's while he what he's doing is you know he's not going to communicate with Saul in that way. That's just not that's not his character. That would have been right. really weird. Yeah, the monologuing person in this show was definitely Scratch. I mean, she liked holding it above people's heads and drawing it out and torturing them. And you know, oh, did you say so Tanya? Forth. It cut out a little. 
No, no, no. Uh, scratch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tanya is not the monologuing evil person. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I missed I missed the evil part. Because um, she does. Tanya is a lot of monologue exposition. Um, but yeah, no. It's scratch true. did have Tanya's her moment awesome. at the end there, where she tried to coax Riley into into doing it. <laughs> that was funny. No, I mean, even <laughs> if you think about the just the structure of you've just had Saul this huge emotional thing to have it again it's like no just no and and that piece of the story randy has to go yeah and also randy is not like randy wasn't a huge conflict he was he was basically a lieutenant in the army that that gets taken out in the very end and um you know it is a little unceremonious like it's not really climactic but at the same time you know that's where the variance of the deaths are. Where it's like Ink was pretty quick, Scratch was a little much was much longer, um, but also Scratch, in a way, had more interactions with our characters than Ink mm-hmm. did, and per, on a personal level. So that it's almost fitting the amount of interaction that each one had was the length of their death. So yeah. that's kind yeah. of the idea. No, I absolutely agree. I, if nothing else, like Ink is a huge piece of the story, and Scratch is a huger piece of the story, and Randy was like Michael's own personal demon that followed him everywhere, and yeah. away you go, and that's the end of it. So since well, also, Ink, is, Ink was, uh, I'm sorry, Randy was also the like the representation of him not being able to, you know, make. There's there's an arc, and I've talked about this a little bit. The, um, you know how Angel was the officer where he had to make the decision to sacrifice people's lives and michael was the nco who could not make that who couldn't make those choices and and he had to do it and progressively he had to do it with um with datu kind of that um that was what randy kind of sort of like represented to him and by the end he was actually willing to sacrifice saul for the mission so that was his arc kind of completing um in that in that Hmm. sense so randy randy was sort of an a, a, a sort of an accomplice to that arc and uh yeah he can go pretty quick the only thing i will say that i do agree with people is they're like but the 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 climax was so short and it's like yes but if you look at the spectrum of things the climax actually starts in 47 so and and we already were at like you know 70 minute episode and it's we just there's a certain limit of what we can have and i felt the epilogue was more important to like there's some extra stuff i want to put in the epilogue that I, i didn't want to cut so yeah Right. It is, the length of it is what it is. If it was a movie, obviously they'd probably spend more time down there. But oh well. Yeah. I. I just had a thought. I just left my head. Oh right. Um. I have I, a better thought. I, oh, <laughs> fine. Go right ahead, jerk. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't. I mean, I can't come on this show and not bring up Kalani. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Ask if there's any B-side story to him that that you could talk or reveal about because you know. He holds a special place in my heart. Oh no, no, no. he's he, his his story is pretty much complete. The only thing. That's... Oh, I know. Well, I know it was. I mean, it was clearly it was drawn out and rock solid. What was going to happen to him? Like uh, he was the catalyst for a lot of things. I feel like. Oh yeah, he was. Um, he and and his character served his 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 purpose. And some people are like, "Oh, are you gonna go to Hawaii and tell his story on Hawaii for Tales of War Live?" And I'm like, "No, it's just that there's not really much to tell there." So it'd be like, oh, just them yeah. running from something. And it's like, that's not very interesting. Well, well, it's I, anyway, it can I be, but it's, 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 it's a little flat in terms of the arcs that I would want to weave in a storyline. Right. Since we haven't done a We're Not Dead in forever and a day, uh, I, I, I miss the opportunity to talk about how much 
I still hate you for what you did in that one chapter part where you ended 44? Dot- 44 yes. was it? Yeah. I hate you. I still hate you. I hate you so much. For which one? For Dotsu and Lizzie. I know it was the end of the second act. I got got the story structure part (laughs) of it. But just the shock of riding home on a train, I was like, oh, oh. Oh, that killed me too, man. Trust me. It uh, it was uh, painful on my end. And it's like, man, I I just had second spawn child thing. I got to go home and see. (laughs) It's like, oh, Hi, kiddo. Give me a big hug. Hi, wife. Give me a big hug. And she's like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Why do you love us? (laughs) Why do you love us so much harder today? One of the nice things I think, uh, one of the things I think that helped with what happened to Datu was that even though it was long and drawn out, you knew at the beginning what was going to happen. So I don't, I didn't personally feel any hope that, you know, he'd make it somehow. Yeah, like it's, that there'd be some. It was planned that it was irreversible. Cure. Yeah, yeah, and that helped, right? So, like, I had just like the people in the story, I had several weeks to to kind of let that soak in that this was going to be happening to him, and so I thought that was actually really uh, a good way to do it. Yeah, the double death was was uh, very very meticulously planned to make sure because those were two entirely different storylines and they had to coincide at the same point. And it had to make sense, and it was that's that was a lot of story weaving to get that to, to, to come off and pull off. And I think that actually worked. Mm. Like one, I think that's probably, in my opinion, even even with the finale, I think it's the uh, the best chapter we have is forty four. It was it beautifully beautifully crafted. I have to say, and that's what made it even worse. Crafted. It was a craft. Like, this is like an, an art. artisan chocolatier who works at Lint Chocolates. <laughs> Oh man, the, the, that, that, the chocolate would be tastier. <laughs> Those commercials crack me up because they all have like the gold embossed hats and logos. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me laugh so hard. I really want to go see their factories. <laughs> Bunch of guys in white caps and like gloves and they all have hair sprouting out of places. It's not like the commercials <laughs> at all. <laughs> so we get to the epilogue. We have a teenaged Nick. Uh, who is adopt the adopted son of uh, Pegs and Michael, and he's going off to figure out if he wants to go through the basic training. No one really seems to want him to do it, but it's his own choice. Um, they've re- rebuilt society and kind of have a for a zombie thing, they kind of have a good functional society, despite the fact they still have to go clear out zombies because they're just not dying off. And by the way, thank you for giving a good explanation as to why they didn't um, in terms that they don't age and they don't seem to need to find food, they age I guess. Incredibly, incredibly slowly. slowly excuse yeah. me. Sorry. Yes. No, no, um, that's okay. Uh, they, they age slowly. So that's, that's accounted for as to why they just didn't die off at the first winter, which was, a huge sticky point for a lot of people on the forum was why don't they just die off? They're not eating. Well, if their metabolism slows down to the point that they don't need that stuff, okay. That- their 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 metabolic system is incredibly efficient. Like the um the 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 changes that happen internally are all improvements. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's one of the big reasons why. 
so Nick ends up going off to talk with Bert. Bert takes him through like the basics of what this is going to be. Once you are in, you're in for good. You can't get out. We're going to treat you the same. And then he takes out his first uh, zombie, providing, of course, that that shot hit true. And uh, that's how we end it, aside from a really cool three, four-minute-long epilogue song. Um, where did you get the idea that this was going to be not... Uh, obviously, it's not a fully happy ending because there's been so much loss and tragedy, but where did you get the idea to have sort of a utopian ending for this society that they've created at the colony? Um, well, I think ultimately, like, the big thing about we're alive is um there's a, there are a couple things number one whose story is it um mm -hmm. and it's not revealed at till the very end that the story is actually um it mostly is saul and lizzie's um and about them and their backstory of how everything went down and also the basically this is like the big conflict that turns the tides of war if ink had succeeded there would not be any of this almost anywhere, probably. Mm -hmm. Like, he was... If he was expanding out to Bowler already at that time, um, and and he could have gone even further had he had the opportunities. I mean, it, who knows how, how bad it could have gotten, um, but our heroes were able to actually stop him. But... Um, so this... The Utopia Society at the end is is more or less, like, just the logical aftermath of what would happen if there was no longer that... Uh, if Ink was no longer there, it just felt natural that it would go there. And then, obviously, Nick would become part of that because he is the one um, survivor of these characters in which we're telling the story about. So, was he named after a certain voodoo that we know? <laughs> Funny thing is, uh, when Blair... Uh, and a lot of people are... The Nick actually means... The name Nick means something, not, not obviously Nick Ticelli. Um, <laughs> he means but, nothing. That, would be too that stupid. guy is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh in the story. Lizzie says uh we're gonna name him Nick, possibly after my grandfather. That's Blair's uh grandfather in real life. So it, it is his namesake that carries on with the character. Okay. Cool. Uh, Didn't you have a cameo, Nick? I don't remember. I, you know what? I think I had a cameo. It was so brief. I don't even remember. It was uh, after We're Not Dead was over, wasn't it? It, it was well after We're Not Dead was over. Otherwise, I would have crowed that from the top of every roof oh, on the yeah. face of the planet. We got like, you in. Did you no. hear me? We got it you was in. Two lines. I don't even remember what the lines were. Um, we didn't have any. There were many. There were not many characters alive at that point. It was uh, you were, I think, a colonist radio in. Radio <laughs> yeah, it was something like that's what it was. Yeah, that's it was like. What do you, I like, just what remember do you hearing that and got never it. getting to talk about it. Yeah, no, that, <laughs> I was, I, I was like, oh, he finally got him in. He finally got him. Got him in. It, it was hard. It like. um and well, you we obviously had to test your recording environment, and it worked out just fine. Sounded great. Yeah, yeah. It was no Nurse Britt, but I mean, no, it was not. Britt it was, was in there for good. a couple more lines, but then again, she also like was at a recording studio, so yeah, I could work helps. with her a little bit more. Um, I remember, I think you told her like like run in place for a little while to try to get her breathing heavy. Yeah, it, there's there's a couple techniques um, uh, to try and get you know people who are not actors to act. Um, and it's not to say that she's not, you know, a thespian, but, you know, she doesn't have any, a lot of training. So it's like you have to kind of like give them some physicality to, to get in the mode, especially when you don't have anything to interact with and you're just doing vocal work. It's uh, as a director for me, it's a little bit more to like, hey, let's let's how can we get you to sound like there's action happening? And that's a lot mm -hmm. of uh, it's pretty difficult at times. 
So you have this cool, sophisticated thing. And then let me just tell you how I created my recording environment. Uh, I took a coat and I put it over my head and my microphone so that it would block out <laughs> enough noise that it would be clean enough to use. <laughs> I can picture that. It, it works well. If, hey, if, if, if it, it works, some, I mean, I've, I've recorded people in closets before with just clothes. It's, you know, it, it, it's easy. It, it is easy. It is the cheapest, dirtiest little sound booth you can make. Is just grab a fleece coat. Here you go. It's a sound booth. Because uh, the one thing you can't re- remove is reverb. I mean, right. as, there are plugins that try to do it, but none of them can do it well. Right. And mm-hmm. that's when I sent you the test. I was like, okay, uh, this is a test with a blanket over my head. Here we go. I hope it works. Yeah, and it, it, reverb is what kills all most audio dramas. They're like, yeah, we could do this if we recorded it in our offices. And it's like, it sounds like yeah. you recorded in your office. Yep. It, yeah. No, I I totally understand that. I've <laughs> that's what I sound like right now in this particular spot. Yeah, so. <laughs> I sound like I'm in a small room that opens up into a bigger room. You can probably tell because I don't have a blanket over my head. Um, that's okay, but you're not trying to be a character. You're not trying to fool us and in, into thinking that you're outside. You know. Like digging a well or something. No, but I did try to fool you saying that uh, the the little one 2.0 were terrifying. Um, are, you and, try, are you trying to secretly <laughs> fish information? Is that the plan? I am doing nothing <laughs> of the sort, Mr. Whalen. Um, I did have another question, and now it's just lost out of my little skull. It was going to be a really great one, too, and it's probably never going to come back, so we've lost that moment in time. Are you trying um, to fish who, uh, whose Vera's father is? <laughs> no, but now that you mention it, hey... Who is Vera's father? <gasps> you, put it this way. Um, you have not met the person, so okay, it wouldn't matter. Enough. So then we don't care. So it's not Pete. <laughs> not Pete. Uh, his, no, Pete it's not the Pete. Water no, no, no. She went, Pete, no. <laughs> Pete and his water. Uh, yeah, who, you didn't know this, but children. Pete is, uh, he's infertile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's... Awkward. That's really weird that you say that because just today I saw on Greg's uh, feed he did a YouTube um, video about uh, should he get a vasectomy. So <laughs> right in line with what I saw on there today. That's hilarious. That's, great. Uh, that's so Greg. Oh. Greg. Greg's not a kid guy. I'm I'm pretty sure he's said many times he does not want a kid. <laughs> eh, Which is funny change. because a little Miller would be hilarious. Like, but, I, I didn't oh, want one at one time, and, you know, once you get that baby itch, then it's like, oh, you know, a little spawn oh might not be so bad. Ah, uh, the word spawn. I, yeah. Mm. No, thank you. Yeah, that's the one I hate. <laughs> I know the fine <laughs> but, uh, I'm sorry. It's all these callbacks uh, to the old we're not dead days. Stop saying spawn. All right. I just remember. So where are we? Are we are we at meat, or are we making our way back to girth? I don't now? even know. There's so much that we can can talk I know, about that. right? Should this be a two-parter? We come back next week and talk some more. <laughs> I, may, maybe, maybe not. I don't even know. I mean, it's there. There's so many other prying questions about like just the structure and thought processes into the story that you know I don't want to necessarily. If, if you don't want to reveal it, I'm obviously not going to ask you those questions. Well, but, pry, pry away. Uh, I'll give you what I can. All right, fair enough. And we could talk uh, as much as we can about Tales of We're Alive and where that's at and. Yeah, yeah, I mean, need to go there for that's sure. one of the things that was mentioned was there are other people still out there that are still threats. Was there any there's obviously nothing ever akin to the psychosis of Scratch and her family, whatever hatred of pegs. Who else is out there that cause that is a threat to these survivors? Like, oh. I mean, they have 10,000 people there. There can't 
possibly be that many more huge groups that Inc. didn't pick off. I mean, he was um, very efficient well, at that. Well, think about it like this. Well, they wouldn't be in California, that's for sure. Exactly. Well, right. No, uh, I know, I'm saying like in the California area because they kept they made it sound like the colony. The colon, They pretty much own Southern California. This the Good the colony them. does. They own the ports. They own the ports of the ocean. Um, they they own a very large network of trade. Um, that cannot be rivaled in in the in that section of the U.S. But there's a lot of other places. Um, and there's just a all it is is just distance between them. So. You never know what else is out there, and that's what it's alluding to: is that there okay. is something else out there that could be a, a force to reckon with. And it's there are friendly people, and there are an, other unfriendly people. Whereas the colony is based off of a very like, the colony is 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 a very like, virtuistic, very noble place where they have a council, and they they really like, they seem to respect and try and work together towards the the, the greater good. There are other places that are not that way. Right, and that, and that part makes perfect sense. I was just trying to think of how would it be possible that with the super zombies that we had and were alive in, in L.A. and in the surrounding areas, how there could possibly be another group of that size that could even threaten them. But that makes perfect sense. And that part I assumed as well because obviously, you know, we're talking about uh, the 17-year-olds that showed up for training from Texas uh, like three, four months ago, whatever it was. So obviously there are other people surviving other places. That part yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of other storylines and just like rough outlines of things that happened elsewhere that um, I know that won't be revealed um, just because I wanted to create, you know, a background to a world of mm -hmm. things that was going go to know what happened here. It's also important to know what happened on elsewhere. So right. some of those things have been figured out. It's just uh, uh, it just was it's not important to our story as much. That's why that it, it actually in one of the first drafts, she actually specifically said where um the other locations are that are friendly to them um but it was mm -hmm. taken out because uh it felt too specific it felt like mm -hmm. it was just details for details sake and it was like as much as it would be great for other fans to be like oh yeah look they, he mentioned this city it's my town yay yeah the one there is one <laughs> hint though um when they mentioned the triplets came from texas um is that there could be something in texas that's the only thing that's ever uh hinted at at all and that's about it. Gotcha. My theory is that Australia is perfectly normal and in the 21st century because <laughs> they're already used to crazy giant piles of things that will kill them everywhere they go. This is just no Tuesday to them. I will, yeah, it's just Tuesday. I, I will say there's probably only one continent that uh, is probably fine, and it's Antarctica. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, large picture question. You covered the basic premise of what Tanya came up with, which was uh, like a an old race of people or something akin to that. I know I'm speaking out my butt. Uh, that used to live under the ground, under L.A., really deep down. And as they died and decomposed, that's what uh, caused the, out the, the new outbreak. Uh, where did you get the idea for that or potential as the origin story for this outbreak? Um, study of world history, and what I mean by world history, I mean like the great dying and the great deaths that that our that our world has has gone through and survived mm -hmm. through, and um, so it's it's a play off of that. Um, I created an entire like what happened, um, but it's it's one of those things where it's like unless you have somebody there, you can't know the details. So 
in my world, I am God. <laughs> so I, I <laughs> know for that instance. And um, the devil is also in the details where it's like, if I was to like try and specifically lay out every detail about it, it'd be one of those like, someone's really? going to find something wrong with it. Yeah. Yeah, pseudoscience kind of thing. Yeah, so it's it's a gray area intentional and and, and people are like uh people can fill in the blanks where they want. Uh we've had uh hominids for a while, so you know they might be of some relation to us considering we're the only ones that seem to be affected by whatever it is. So yeah. It's they have to You know to when be there was somewhere. that shimmy shake over there in San Francisco a week or two ago, I was kind of expecting a bunch of green gas to escape. <laughs> and it never did. Thankfully, yeah, the only gas you'll probably end up really getting is just um, uh, politicians. No, 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 no. Uh, natural <laughs> gas. Bloviating. Natural gas explosions. Yeah. Which, true. by the way, um, the explosion that you hear in the beginning in the first one, where people were like trying to put together what that is, that's pretty much just like um, somebody panicking and running into something that blows up. Okay. That's 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 all that was. If anybody was ever wondering, someone ran into a super tanker. And... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's well, actually, that wouldn't blow up. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they were driving a flaming car, it might do something. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. I actually did. I did the science and math behind it when I did the um, the uh, when when Cardus made the tankers to take out the yeah. arena. I actually yeah. did the uh, math of the gas per air ratio of flammable uh, uh, tanker trucks. And you'd be surprised okay. how how much air is required in the tank for it to actually blow up. It's, hmm. was, it, See, that's that's more impressive. See, I was thinking when you said you did research into it, I was thinking you probably watched an episode or two of MythBusters. Oh so. no, 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 I actually i <laughs> I wanted to know exactly uh, what sort of circumstances it was to make these things go off. And actually, the funny thing is, um, when Bert, uh, when they sh- shot the gas can. That was also an allusion to that because I did a l- research for that really early, and they're like, "It didn't blow up," and it's like, "Of course it didn't blow up. It wouldn't blow up." This is I tried to put in like a little bit of reality in there because <laughs> yeah, well, that's actually uh, that is in one of the episodes of MythBusters. Yep. They shoot a, a car gas tank that's full several times, even yeah, and with tracer bullets, and they could. I think yeah, that was inspiration it. from that too. Yeah, which is funny was- because uh, last uh, what was it, like the week ago or the week before I met Grant Imahara. And I thanked him, and I said that he, the MythBusters was a big inspiration for the series. And then, like two days later, they told the, me that yeah, they're off the show. Yeah, we were off the like, show. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That yeah. Sucks. Well, I mean, to be fair, they really haven't been making a lot of episodes recently. They haven't it's actually. That was been slowed down. There's, well, there's well, there's there's only have so many and, relevant yeah. myths. There's there's a lot of reasons. I if they actually make the show science based and go back to uh, them, I might be okay with it. But it's still like. It's one of those things where you've, you've gotten used to these people for so long that it's it's a shame that they went in this direction only because if they had pro- if they had better producers, it wouldn't have gone to that extent. They would have actually been able to... They could have fixed the show before they got rid of them, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you mentioned the very first episode and that explosion, so I do have one uh, very important question to ask you. The teacher at the end in the epilogue, is that the same teacher from the college? Same one. I love it. I thought so, and I wanted to make sure that was the case, and not just you happening to just voice the same person again. No, no, no. It's That's the same funny. one. Exact same one. Um, the idea... You know what? <laughs> Screw it. I'll just reveal it. I don't care. Hey, exclusives. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're he not was, dead. On, on uh, property that you own. <laughs> <laughs> he actually, you own, we're not dead. Well, he, ex- uh, he left um, on one of the... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Coast Guard 
helicopters. Okay. So he was one of the few that few that were rescued, and eventually they ended up uh, coming back. Okay. So, so some of some of them did anyway. They they made they made their way there. The it was kind of a weird scenario. It was like you have the helicopter from uh the the Coast Guard did. They took them basically to these sites that took them to Fort Irwin, and then Fort Irwin shipped them off to Boulder. Boulder right. blew up, and then they made their way back to Fort Irwin, which wasn't a lot of them <laughs> who were trying to make it back to Fort Irwin. Fort Irwin wasn't there anymore. <laughs> and then right. eventually they made it back to where the colony was uh, much, much later. So, That's funny. Yeah. Do you have a, a timeline and uh, basic uh, idea of what happened to, I guess, the the disintegration of the government? I assume you do. Um, Just like what happened not to... Not so much. I actually... No? Not even the president? Uh, No, no, no. Because everyone does that story, and I didn't really even... Well, not that I was wanting to to like details of what happened to him but <laughs> oh, more like I, I imagine that um what fail safes didn't happen for the government to to you know just not be any sort of player or role in this except for a small piece of the the military um the the reason why i, I chose well i i kind of do actually if, if um i will be a little bit vague but um i figured that they'd be worthless yeah <laughs> that that in the reality of things um, people it would move too quick. Yeah, it'd be too quick. You can't send FEMA out to go take care of zombies. No, um, and they're they're like, yeah, we're we're great planners. I uh, and this is kind of uh, a, my pessimistic worldview of the the U.S. military, but I'm I'm all for them. Amazing, great. But in the reality of it is they it's a slow moving beast, mm-hmm. and yeah. they can't they don't react instantly to things um, because it takes a while to do stuff like they. They need marching orders and things like that sometimes, especially when you're dealing with uh, CONUS stuff, because there's local law enforcement versus military. Military can't act without certain actions coming across, and if you have communications down, it, the the system can crumble very quickly, very fast. Or I'm sorry, very quickly, yeah. just everyone just kind of scatters. And I figured to be something like that, where it's like the structures that were there to support us normally are they're they're so political and like we're such a like non-reactive sometimes um that and if it was so widespread it'd be you know we'd be done yeah and i mean it's it's also that you know our government can't possibly have sale fail safes for for something that's borderline supernatural either yeah you know what i mean so well it's like uh, sure if the president got out on air force one how long can they stay in the air I mean, realistically, I mean, how long? I mean, I've heard that they may be able to stay up there for months, but they they could stay up there indefinitely, but they need the refuelers. And what happens if all of a sudden they run out of refuelers and they have to land somewhere? And who knows? uh, Maybe he's on an island somewhere just like living out the end of his days. (laughs) They they just landed it somewhere where there's like, oh, this is safe. We'll go here. They get up on Air Force One and then they uh, uh, detach down to some... uh, uh, aircraft carrier, which then makes its way to you know some Pacific Island base from World War Two. Yeah, that's Something probably like that. honestly in the in my mind that's what I because I to be honest I didn't really plan on the present that much, but in my mind I see that to be the most plausible is he's, they're just like they're there somewhere and honestly um, after pretty much shortly after every, all this happened they've lost all the power they have anyway because you can't run a nation exactly not they have, a nation anymore yeah you, know? you can't come back and say hey i was the president 15 years ago you know worship yeah. me and do as i tell you Your in a lot of ways cj so has ago. more power 
Yeah, it's exactly right. There was a lot of questions about uh, people that are out at sea on boats, submarines, that sort of thing. Is that was that? Do you have a outline for what happened with them? Did they eventually they'd have to come? Yeah, part of those ten thousand people. (laughs) Yeah, eventually they have to come in somewhere. There probably was some that came in when the uh, the ports were reopened and and Long Beach. That was actually. Kimmet's plan that that CJ ended up adopting was reopening those ports because uh, they're military ports, so they can be more secure. Um, so she mm-hmm. ended up using Long Beach, and um, so some of them probably did come back, but a majority of them probably didn't last long at out at sea. The realistic uh, point about it is they'd have to come to shore sometime. I mean, you die of scurvy eventually. Right. Uh, humans were not meant to live on the ocean. You can't eat fish all day long and. Uh, it's, it's some of these, and people are like, "Oh, what about these battle cruisers and all this stuff?" It's like, a, that's a lot of mouths to feed. B, mm-hmm. it's a lot of mouths to feed. And C, it's a lot of mouths yep. to feed. And it, like, you fresh water. We're gonna get fresh water. They can, they have desalinization. I know, in, in a lot of these uh, sort of ships, but it's, I don't think would be able to survive in that capacity. They probably had massive mutinies and their own mm-hmm. dramas on those places and and i've seen those tales told before and it's like eh, just leave them out there to die so most of the ships out there probably <laughs> yeah. just petered out and, and and crashed ashore some some probably survived if they were able to make it to an island that wasn't so bad not hawaii though not no not hawaii hawaii bad very <laughs> very very bad so no what happened to George Clooney up on the International Space Station? <laughs> Houston. Actually, eventually they die. Yeah, if they didn't have anybody to, to send up more support, I mean, they don't have. They need supplies. They can't get mm-hmm. back down. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, we. They. That was that was more of a joke. You don't actually need to explain. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Is <laughs> people don't, and then that's one of the things that uh, I think would be really interesting to explore. Um, albeit not as very interesting, is basically like when the support systems go away, all the things in the more extreme environments would just die because they need supply runs. That's yeah. just how it works. That's the reason why Lost came up with their idea of like supply drops because they realized that, you know what, you wouldn't be able to survive on an island by yourself like yeah. for that long. It would be a cool idea for a story though, um, for like a short story, like the perspective of the Earth going to hell in a handbasket from the international space station and you're just getting glimpses of it over the radio contact and you can see and you can do nothing. power outages yeah. happening and it would just be kind of an interesting like here's 24 hours in the space station while the earth's going to you know going away yeah no i think you know what i think there actually is a story like that um not mistaken it actually might be close to what the storyline is for moon if I'm not mistaken, I may be wrong about that. Moon? No, not necessarily. Moon, Moon Earth is going quite well. Is I've it? watched that movie many times. I have. Oh, okay. It. It's a fantastic. Movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. I just couldn't no, remember it's... if that's why he was there. Or... Okay. No, no, nothing wrong with Earth. He's there harvesting energy. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So speaking of the world, I'm now at... going to make a short film. <laughs> speaking of the world at large, uh, in terms of the other projects coming, uh, in terms of. Uh, the Weird Life Stories, uh, the Burt book that was mentioned. Uh, how are things going with that? Where are you with it? If you can reveal anything about it or not. The Burt book is rough. Um, and the reason why I say that is because um, uh, basically I didn't uh, – I'm, I'm working with someone who like wrote it. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd like it enough to want to release it um, just because – uh, it's it's okay, and it might be fine to fix it 
but it's taking so much time to like get some of the the nuances and things fixed that uh, off of someone else's writing that I don't know how. I don't know if I'm gonna if if it's really worth it in some some aspects. I will because I, I was like, yeah, the book book's coming, it's coming, it's coming. <sighs> I'm losing a little faith in it. I'll be honest. Um, mostly because it's like. Yeah, it wasn't my writing to begin with, and it's hard to mm. get it into the spot that I think is appropriate for the character. And yes, it has a large backstory of Bert, but um, it's it's just different. Eventually, it might get done, but uh, when I compare the amount of time that it takes to to do a couple pages of that versus We're Alive, I can write an entire chapter of We're Alive where I can get through like maybe ten pages of that thing. So right. it's it's mm-hmm. taking a lot much longer than almost it's worth it, and I still have my full time job going. Um, so it it's one of those things where it's like, which is my best work of my time? A story called Tales of We're Alive, where I can explore other things that I've created and and really do some some interesting fun stuff, or work on a book that someone else is. It's yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like a kind of a conflict of interest at this point. Gotcha. Um the the new stories um do you have a timeline for them or is it just like you obviously hopefully are taking time to decompress after your five years of chaos yeah um um what well, but there is a timeline a timeline there is a timeline it's supposed to be well the first timeline that we put it out was we were going to try and get it done for uh december and then December is becoming January, and then January is probably going to be end up coming February. Uh, the mm-hmm. reason why is because I'm really taking my time with it. Um, I am exploring the outline and the character uh, stuff much more thoroughly right now um, than I think I more than I did with We're Alive even because I want to make sure the characters are done right. Even if it is short lived, I have some mm-hmm. really interesting stuff that I want to try and do in this and. Um, and also, this place that we're exploring, uh, the Twin Towers Jail, is incredibly complicated in itself. Just the structure of the society of the people that are inside it, it's incredibly complicated to find out who these people are inside of there. And um, so, also the semantics of everything. And I don't want to do it wrong. I want to really get into that world and, and um, explore it because uh, it is... In a lot of ways, it adds on to We're Alive. It it adds more. It's some of the mysteries in We're Alive are actually contained inside of it as well. So um, it's not just something that we're just popping in somewhere to just randomly see what some other survivors are doing. It's it's integral to the We're Alive uh, world. So that's that's one of those things where it's like I'm really trying to make it perfect, and uh, I want to <laughs> honestly, I want it to win a Grammy. So yeah. No. <laughs> Well, there you go. Um, I know you said that Chapter 44 is uh, probably, I don't know if you said it was your best or your favorite, I can't remember. When you look back on the entire series as a whole, what was really your favorite part about working on it? Either like cast interactions or uh, working with uh, Grayson or whoever, whatever the case may be. What's, what's your biggest takeaway? What did you either learn the most or what did you get the most out of? from the entire production? Um, I'd say the biggest thing that I got out of it was confidence. Um, when I started this project, um, I lacked a, a sort of a confidence in myself of being able to be a writer and a creator. And um, and albeit I'm not the best, there could be, I have room for improvement and I, I see the areas I need to improve and I'm continually working on them. But the amount of like me 
I've grown up through this story so much. Like I feel like I've I've become a much better uh, person because of it. And I think that uh, I for me being a creator, I I feel like you know what I have the confidence I can write a good story. If somebody said, hey, I need you to um, come up with some storylines for a feature film and uh, work on it, I'd be like done. I will be a really good idea person for this and. Um, because I've done written audio dramas, it'd be different to writing, uh, you know, visual stuff again, but uh, I think it'd be something that I could do. And so it's, it, I think that's the biggest thing I took from it was, um, just faith in myself, uh, as a storyteller and as a, as a writer and see that I can actually make it in this field because, you know, you always have those dreams where it's like, you know what, I'd love to, I, I want to be a writer director when I, when, you know, when I grow up and it's, you, you have these ambitions and it's like, can you really make it? But I think this the process of doing this has given me a confidence that um, has really helped. And I think um, the next, it's given me a lot of confidence for the new two series that I'm working on simultaneously with uh, Tales of We're Alive that are equally as incredible as We're Alive, in my opinion. And I, I'm just, I'm confident going into it and really having fun. And I think it's going to be uh, a really fun and exciting ride that I take uh people on next whether it however whatever medium it comes out in for those series uh we'll just let's mm -hmm. wait and see that's cool i talk about wetting my appetite <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like really good bar. i like i i'm not trying to toot my own horn but um i started developing oh, no, the story no. you, way way before we we're can, alive we can see it i i promise we you know i think um i feel like the first season was was definitely good but I could I could feel that confidence growing as the series went along um, in terms of, you know, a lot of your abilities in terms of your writing abilities and polishing abilities, editing and directing. I mean, you're basically a showrunner. You're not any yeah. one of those things. You're all of them. Mm -hmm. And I, I personally could definitely sense that. And um, that's and that's the way I, so. I'm like, hey, if if I had this confidence at the beginning of the series imagine what it would have been like right. and i was like so i see that now and i'm like i'm excited i'm like i could do this right from the day one and just exactly do it perfectly yeah. and i have oh it's really good and i'm also i'm doing something with the story or the stories the two series that i'm working on that i don't think anybody else has done like and i can confidently say that that i'm it's something that's so unique and so different and so um one of a kind that um, I think it will take a lot of people by surprise of what's uh, what's coming next. Yeah, I'm, I've been really impressed not only on your your showrunning ability, but your um, your outreach and market marketing ability. Because I mean, you set up the entire website and the community behind it. I mean, the community probably would have set itself up and organized itself if you were only putting out the show eventually. But I mean, it wouldn't be anything like it is today. And um, and then the same thing with the live events. I mean, it's ambitious enough to try to set all that up for just the audio drama. But when you're doing it as a live event, um, I mean, you you must have seriously uh, gotten some uh, awesome resources and connections over the years too uh, that you didn't have when you started. <laughs> Actually, no. Uh, well, yes and no. <laughs> well, not resources like you know tons of money. I just mean like. Uh, Connections. You would know who to go to when you needed something to get done, or, or does that make sense? Weirdly enough, um, it actually, yeah, I know what you're saying. You're like the, the the personal connections of being able to have people out there. 
Honestly, um, we did we did have that. I'd say the most improvements that we had in that area was getting people working on the show with us. So that was a big thing having yeah. having a voice cutter, um, Grayson uh, being a really dependable producer, um, mm-hmm. and so yeah, the the background of support of of the crew did increase. But honestly, in terms of um, connections and stuff, we haven't really. I mean, we do have Nerdist now who who handled the sponsorships, but. Um, they're really hands off. It pretty much is just us running our show, and um, and so we we do have the support elements, but it's really like between seasons two and four, um, a lot of the same, a lot of the same uh, crew. We had a voice cutter who was his intern back then, same as the same as it was now. It's just I don't know. It's one of those things where it. Uh, I think the the passion of the people involved is the the way that the show has been able to to, to run and move. And right. uh, it was the driving force. Yeah, we I don't think to be honest, I don't think we ever like got any really big new things aside from, uh, you know, just just a couple extra manpower. We pretty much had like the same computer setups, resources. We didn't really have a lot of external help along the way. Um, and it's, it's it's weird. It's it's uh, about the same way as it's been for, for the past couple seasons. So, so, yeah, a little a little mix of both. Mm. Does that make sense, or did I just go off yeah. on a wheelie? No, it makes <laughs> no, no, sense. sense. Like you know, you got in the groove and you and you saw it through. I guess what I mean in terms of connections are just people know you, you know people. You're not fully on those connections, but you're you're getting your name out there. You're not some startup anymore. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's a big that's a big thing. Is um, if we were to actually go to somebody now and be like, "Hey, would you like to star in the next uh, sh- uh, next offshoot of We're Alive that we're doing?" Um, as an actor, mm-hmm. we have a lot more ground and power now. So that is a that's a, that's yeah. something. Yeah. I trying to think if there's anything else to really. I mean, we're the only other thing that we we can close out on like one or two different ways. We haven't fully made fun of all of my horrible predictions yet. We could always do it that way. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Where who did you say was reading the the thing? Well, didn't you oh, say ink. it was he ink? He said it was ink. I said it was ink. <laughs> At the very you know what? what a terrible idea. I said, I I said it was, was a terrible be idea. I thought it was a frapping brilliant idea. Thank you no, very much, No, it was the worst idea ever. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's such a pessimistic uh, outlook on everything. And it's one of those things where it's like, um, well, I, I, some people might enjoy a story like that. And actually, um, I got very few people, a, a couple, uh, who were saying that they wished it didn't end happy. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. that's that's fair. Um, for me, uh, a story is only as good as its ending. And the ending to me was like, even though it is like, we do have some down moments, I kind of felt like it had to have an up moment. That is that is our story. We're not one of those people who would kill off the entire cast and be like, oh, we're done. No, it's, you yeah, get used right. to the people and you want them to, you're rooting for them to survive. And if nobody survives, then what were you rooting for, you know? When I found out who was reading the stuff uh, or who it was for basically i i like hit my head like oh of course as soon as i found out that uh you know she was pregnant this should have hit me as you know this is who it's for the the next generation or or passing the baton because i was i mean at that point you would be i would say 100 percent confident that you were going to kill off an unborn child (laughs) Um, especially the only one in the series so it just makes sense i did kill tommy though and he was young 
Yeah, but he was he was Tommy. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, did, uh, part did, of the didn't he get didn't he die like playing video games or something? No, no, no. <laughs> oh no, he, oh, he he became a he became a smarty. Yeah, he you know he became a zombie and and went through the door and then fell into the fire. Okay. Or got so shot. He wasn't that smart. It's it's been too long. I should probably re-listen. Yeah, his death was actually really morbid and probably one of the worst <laughs> that we had in the series. But who was it? That was like stuck. We were joking playing video games. Oh, it games was um. Uh, oh, it was the guy. It was the the, the, the guy, guy that, that got put the blame for, on. Uh, was it Leopold or Leonard or Leonard? Someone no, those. It was the guy who he was the scapegoat. Yeah, the poor like, scapegoat to try guy. to rat to, yeah. to get the 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 rat to come out. That's that's who I was thinking. Of. Yes. No, he <laughs> he died guy. he died in the tower playing video games. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like explosions going on outside, and it's like guys. <laughs> Guys, well, he has the headphones this on, the and he's hearing explosions in the Call ever. of Duty game he's playing. So, and the building came they just down kind of around him. Oh, <laughs> poor guy. Why am I laughing? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that was a horrible prediction. I still enjoy it. It's wrong, and I'm glad it was wrong. But uh, as soon as I heard the the chapter title, I was like, "Oh, the ink runs dry." <laughs> No matter how hard I try, I can't fit my theory into this chapter title. <laughs> it's just not going to work. Well, what were some things That's you funny. didn't like about the series in general? Like, um, and just Oof. something that stuck out to you? Because we've talked a lot about stuff that we liked. But what was something that you didn't like? Well, I was always outspoken that um, that I thought Scratch, not all the time, but was often too obnoxious to me. Like, maybe Shrilly. a caricature obnoxious sometimes okay not all the time that's fair but uh sometimes i sometimes i felt like like she was just always screaming right but then of course you know she would have her down moments especially you know you tried to add a new dimension when she was doing the whole interview with angel thing um so i mean you definitely acknowledged that and tried to have a, a contrast of her her bright side and and dark side so no, that's fair. That was that's fair one subject. thing that I I talked about. Nick, you got some. Um, Man, I there there are things that I mentioned, but uh, none of them are coming to mind at the moment as to what may have drove me bonkers, and I can't remember any of them. It may have been something from season one that I couldn't stand. Well, if they come up, the uh, well, one of the other things that uh, bothered me, but it has absolutely nothing to do with your control. And of course, I'm sure you did as much as you could to to stop it. But when I'm listening to an audio book or an audio drama, I'll find myself, my eyes wandering off in different directions and my thoughts like, you know, momentarily like going adrift. So I'm like, oh, shoot, I just I wasn't paying attention for the last two minutes whatsoever. <laughs> so I have to rewind it and, and re-listen. And yeah, you could miss uh, something, you know, especially with those intense action scenes. I mean, there's almost no way to, to comprehend them sometimes with the first listen. Yeah, that's true. And, so that that is a limiting thing about audio dramas and that's that's something I'm very well aware of is it sometimes can be confusing. Yeah. But you know the hard thing for you though is is I'm sure it's hard to put yourself in our place because there's never a time where you don't see in your head what's happening. Yeah. Because you scripted it out, you wrote it, you you recorded it, you lived it basically. Well there, so there is a us, moment. There is a moment that um I thought was I thought worked but um the and it worked in my head too, but people had a problem with it was um the end scene with Tardis and Riley, like what she brought up um that he was lying, he, they wanted him to explain more and stuff like that. So uh, in my head, I pictured that his face was um, obviously lying and she could 
see right through anything that he said. Um, and it didn't mm-hmm. matter what he said at that point. He, she knew the truth. Um, but people saw it as something like they wanted more uh, lines to illustrate that fact rather than to kind of putting out. it in your yeah. head. So yeah, that's yeah. that's definitely a moment there that I might actually insert a line or two in a in a remaster just to try and polish out a little bit. So it does that actually that specifically does happen uh, sometimes. Um. Can't think of anything else at the yeah, moment, I'm, but I'm trying. I know there were things that I brought up. I was like, ah, oh, you know, I just didn't buy. I should have X. taken notes. <laughs> if I if I had thought that the conversation was going to go this far reaching and this big of a scope, I probably would have tried to do an entire re-listen. But I just don't have, the, honestly, just don't have the time to do it. Yeah, um, I'm not the kind of person who who does a whole lot of re-listening. So I'm. I'm most of this, I'm going off of my very first impression. I did re-listen through like chapter forty. Um, at one point while I was waiting for the new season to kick in. And um, so from that point on, it's only one listen. So this entire last season, I basically only had one listen through. Yeah, that's so. that's where I'm at too. And when I was, uh, and I, I'm pretty sure I've told this story on the podcast. If not, then whatever. Uh, when I first discovered where Lime, I was still working in theater. I was essentially unemployed. So I had a whole lot of downtime to myself. And that involved a whole lot of listening to where Alive. Um well, and forum so I really too. You were on the forum a lot too. I was. Mm-hmm. I, the forum was like burned onto my computer screen. <laughs> so much. Um, That's, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, it's. It, oh man, I was there a lot. Um, but uh, you know, I was I was there listening. I was like, oh, I want to go back and re-listen to this and re-listen to this. Every time something new popped up, it was like, this calls back to this chapter. Oh, let me go re-listen to that whole chapter again. And then from basically midway through season three on it was just like nope i have one listen in me and i'm gonna plow try to plow through it again because i have i know i have a recording of we're not dead coming up and i know i have to listen to it again because there's always (laughs) going to be something that i missed yeah uh, i always did that when i was on the show we'll catch but um you know that was that that's pretty much how it's been and i was actually just telling casey that from the point that uh that uh, th- this particular podcast that we're on right now uh, died its horrible death. Uh, there were days where I would go, it's like, oh, sugar crap, it's Thursday and I haven't listened to the podcast yet. I should really get on that and go check out the forum to see if people are behaving themselves and not trying to swear at each other. Um, yeah. There's just, life happened. And it happened, and... We never came out with the explanation. We did put it out on Twitter and on the Facebook page. Life happened collectively to to Brit and myself, yeah, and made this next to impossible to do. I never, even when I was doing this basically solo and inviting people on, I never really had the time to fully to fully do it. And I was Look, always supposed we get to be there. It. You're lazy and yeah. you're making excuses. Let's just move on. Okay? <laughs> you just let me have my moment of glory, you bastard. It makes sense, and and I will for somebody who is. I, I obviously ran a podcast for five years. Um, I you do see a lot of like there are moments where it's really hard to pick up again, and there's really like for for us it's like we have to complete a story. But for you, for like other podcasts, sometimes it's easier to be like, oh, you know, it's it's you're not relied on as much. So like if right. if we're right. live stopped, I would get crap emails every single day. Um, (laughs) whereas, you know, it it is a lot of pressure for us to keep going. It wasn't as much for you guys. I understand that at the same time, but you guys had, 
you guys did a lot of episodes. What was this? Uh, this is number 65. This, so 64. This is 65. So 64 weeks of, of doing that at least. And then there's prep time. And so a lot of people don't understand how much time goes into it. And it's, it is a lot of work. And yeah, just six, 64 episodes probably equates to about a hundred hours, at least of ep, uh, editing on my part. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially when, you know, I was living in New York hosting the calls and it was like, man, you know what really sucks? Time Warner Cable. And <laughs> the, yeah, we always joked right. about it, the technical difficulties with We're Not Dead because, you know, Nick would drop out of the call and then he would say something and be like, what did he say? Okay, we're going to just continue. <laughs> like, he said something important and cool. Yeah. All right, moving on. Yeah, that happened a lot. Yeah, it did. Um, this, this call's been pretty good, though. Um, I've enjoyed this a lot. My Time actually. Warner Cable works just fine. New York City time on a cable does not. Um, we have a lot of competition in California, though, because you can you can go with like in my area, you can go with like three or four different providers. So they they I tend wish. to like oh if if provider A screws up, gone. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, I have that same air quotes issue here where it's like this cable company sucks, but this dish network might be better or whatever the case maybe. Uh, this is also a nice time to say that uh, uh, while we had our downtime, uh, there there was another podcast that did uh, gloriously come up in our place uh, and, and really picked up the slack and, and moved it right along. So, uh, Wait, 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 wait. The slack or your slack? <laughs> the slack. <laughs> I actually want to... I was I almost... always supposed to be the co-host of this biznatch. I would love to, to do a co-op with all of us, like... See if you can get Brit, yes. uh, you and them together to oh, do. Oh, let's get Greg back too, just for the shit of it. Yeah, for fun. tales of we're live. I mean, if, if for the record, I am not editing that. <laughs> <laughs> Three, four people. Okay. You know what? Honestly, Seven? I, no. I, I feel as though <laughs> no before. They have, before. I feel okay. they have a better system set up than I do. I also think that do they record together? Uh no, they don't. Okay, I wasn't sure because it was like you know it, it's hard doing a bi post uh, bi postal. <laughs> by coastal podcast um they do live in the same time zone at least well that's a bonus at least um but uh so the world life fancast uh g- good job to both of you thank you for doing what you do because happy time good job if nothing else part of the reason that i kept holding on so hard to to this podcast was because it was like oh it's providing a fun service to everyone that likes we're alive and then well, they, not just that. It is fun to record. Oh, God, it's a blast. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like they came up and it was like, you know what? I don't feel the pressure to keep holding yeah, on. Yeah, I can see Keep that. trying to do this. And it was like it's it's still being analyzed. It's still being spoken of. They do they did uh, fantastic work. So uh, we're live fancast. Thank you, guys. Um, oh, my God. It's McGinger. Um, who? Mick Redden. Uh, Mick Redden. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Redbeard and Redbeard Mick Mick Red and Red Mick Redbeard and Mick Thank you <laughs> Oh my god Well because their 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 website is uh, MickRed.com And so like yeah. I, I, I put the red Sometimes with Mick In my head And then it's like Oh no I, that's not what it is I, This makes me a horrible person Because I did listen the, the entire time They were working And I was like uh, I just don't remember Their names Because they haven't Done anything in a while Because the show's over um, so I think that we've hit it i think we're up against the wall um so- i don't know i've got like 18 more questions go ahead there, I'm gonna let's hang up. uh put it in the put it in the chamber let's fire away that's right well 
I, my one question was, what was the most annoying thing about the forum? Like, what was the... <laughs> I know there were so many times where you stepped in and were like, no, this is this is not actually the case. You oh. misconstrued what I said or um, what happened in the show. God, I, to be is honest... Is there anything particularly I, funny? I think it's the, the CJ hate drove me nuts a bit. And... Mm. Um, it, and people think I'm wrong, but uh, really, I think I'm right. Is um, I think if CJ was a guy, would have had a different, uh, done the exact same thing, would have had a different perspective of of listeners. And and, Interesting. It's, and I'm not saying that they're intentionally like I'm not saying that they're intentionally right. sexist. I'm just saying that um, I think that there are some people who perceive. Um, uh, a strong female sometimes intimidating and things like that it's it's not that it's not on the surface it's like something that's 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 deep down where and also it's somebody um telling her characters what not to do but she was far less worse than kimmet and there was more cj hate than 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 kimmet which is so weird i hated kimmet more than her i'll tell Absolutely. you i think i think part of it is you know, you're like you said. Uh, you know, Kimmet was introduced around the, the same time, but you know, just introducing somebody like that who's who's in control over you know other people who you've loved for so many seasons already, and you know, bringing her right in the middle of it is is a tough pill to swallow um, until you start to you know get to know her and get to like her. Yeah. Um, well, Kimmet did so. the same thing. He separated them. I mean, it wasn't yeah, directly. Yeah, but I hated but, Kimmet. Yeah. for sure the entire time. <laughs> the the people who were there who were Michael. Um, it also is the guys of military. Like they, he set up his own rules, but he could have had those people stay there who weren't soldiers. That's just it was right. his rule that he did that, and uh. I think part of it also is it was the circumstance of procedure. So it's not exactly the same, but yeah, it's, I think would be, I don't know, just very different. Kimmit yeah. definitely, I mean, Kimmit has the military aura behind him. So maybe that makes it easier to accept him being a, just a jerk about it because I, this, I am in command. This is why I'm doing it. CJ is just a civilian lady who has the same kind of general attitude and, because she doesn't have that authority behind her or the command structure. It's CJ, you suck. I hate you. Yeah. Well, when it came to, to commit, he always bugged me because he represented a lot of the, um, the bureaucratic bullheadedness or t to me, yeah. um, you know, not, not necessarily that, uh, everybody in that position is, is that way, but, you know, just the, you know, ignoring facts or, you know, wanting to, to, kick the can down the road so to speak that kind of thing so yeah no i agree i agree and and that's um in terms of like his inspiration over who his character was it's like that's very much like if you've been in the military you've always had a colonel like Kimmet, like a, a person that is that person who is like such a pain in the ass that it makes it hard for you to do your job because they're just mm -hmm. such a you know uh, uh, sometimes by the books or like it's their way or the highway, so to speak. Yeah, he was also a micromanager for sure. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And you know those those folks always succeed at everything that they do. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I'm not going there. Um, let me see. I'm just trying to think. Oh, uh, I don't know if this got answered on the forum or not. I just took a quick glance into the. Uh, the uh, wiki page for unanswered questions. Did you ever cover, or do you feel like revealing or talking about why Pegs decides she basically doesn't want to use a gun other than she just didn't feel like using one? Um, it's you know I did talk about it in the other podcast. I, I feel bad about that. Uh, um, 
you pot adulterer. <laughs> um, but it's 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 a backstory that's um, y- people can consider canon if they want. Um, but she had a friend who was, um, and this was actually, there was a spot where this might have come up, but it didn't find a natural way into the story, so I kind of left it out. Um, but she had a friend who was, uh, gunned down, who was involved in a, um, uh, in a, she was, uh, a lawyer, and ended up getting brutally shot repeatedly, um, almost to the point where it was excessive amounts of being shot, and it was just such a horrific thing that just resonated with her, um, and that's that's kind of it. It wasn't. It's not huge, but it was something that just like greatly affected her and kind of instilled a um, a hatred towards Gunn a bit. Um, and then eventually she got over it because it's it wasn't. Well, she didn't really ever get over it one hundred percent, but she tolerated mm-hmm. she just had it more. To deal with it, yeah, because you have yeah. to. And then and her her character pretty much had to in order to you know to save right. survive. Well, we'll I save mean, the, she's living the, in the wild west again, so yeah. So that was it. That was uh, that's the reason. It's 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 not a huge huge thing um, that I could find a, a way to work in the story. It was I was going to try and have it come up with her and Kelly because Kelly obviously was a lawyer, and then it might have come mm-hmm. up during then. But it not, no scenario that I ever write that it ever felt natural to bring up, and I was just like, you know what? It's not even it's not essential to the story. So I have a I had a reason in my head um, that I came up with. But it just—it's one of those things. It just—it just didn't make it to the, to the page. Yeah. The only time I could imagine that it would feel more natural, but it would have been much earlier on in the story when, you know, when she was just putting up a fight. If Michael just flat out asked her in the script, "What is the big deal with you and guns?" or something. Yeah, and that probably would have been a better place to put it. Um, and but at the time, I didn't see that. So yeah. yeah. Um. I only have a couple more of the unanswered questions that, again, may have already been answered on uh, the that other show. Uh, <laughs> it's all a pod family. We're all I the same. I know. It's, we it's, all love each other. We're all talking actually, about where we're This alive. is not competition. I here. don't even remember when it was. We had this, this bizarre Twitter conversation for like two hours one day. I don't even remember what the hell it was about, but I just remember you, uh, We're Not Dead, We're Alive, Twitter handles, and the We're Alive fancast handles just all going back and forth, just jabbing at each other was hilarious uh sometime back in all like i April. know is we're the only one that's officially sanctioned this is true the official <laughs> community podcast of Caroline. uh unless you uh dubbed them official too whatever doesn't matter um <laughs> the... i coaxed it a little bit in the beginning i was like hey wouldn't it be cool if we did this and they're like yeah <laughs> um the immunity of tanya and saul do you have an explanation per se in your head, oh, or just going to leave that well the, alone? The explanation would be getting into extreme amounts of biology, um, where the, I'm a nerd, but you can handle the it devil would be in the details there. Um, so basically, the best way I can say is um, everyone has a certain amount of tolerance to this. Our our characters actually are somewhat resilient. Some of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like Victor made it through the gas and he was, uh, he was, didn't turn afterwards and pegs did. So they, they do have some resilience, um, but they're not immune. Whereas Saul and Tanya, um, they are the most resilient and pretty much immune. It does get into their system, uh, somewhat, but it doesn't, doesn't do much. Uh, it doesn't, well, I mean, that's, that's the same with, you know, quite a few different diseases that are out there, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's not the, it's not like it's a, an unreal 
plot no, I, even uh, like uh, item. Typhoid Mary, yeah, she was completely resistant to it, but exactly. ended up killing a bunch of people with it, and still, to the day she died, still believes that she wasn't the problem. <laughs> yep. Well, that's, well, there's also, um, uh, well, that's why uh, Tanya says there's people with AIDS that or uh, that just you know, they they it doesn't affect them, you know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It, it can't. They can't get it because they're just their cells don't let it in. Well, it's the same way with them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then uh, unless bees, you have anything else? I have the single most important question that everyone on this podcast wants to know. So do when you, have... you say important, is this going to be a joke? Mildly jokey. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's hear it. What happened to Skittles? Oh, <laughs> um, good question. He's around. Uh, he, uh, who knows where he went? I, that's one of those things that I'm not going to answer. The big reason why is because, well, wherever he went um, is wherever he went. I imagine that's something you might be able to elaborate on at some time in the future anyway. Um, if not, we'll see. If, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, you know. Maybe that might be something you want to tackle at some point, but it's it's what, he's he's kind of a guy who rides off into the sunset, and you know you don't know what he does. Yeah, well, it's one of those things also that um, nobody knows this, but we recorded him so early <laughs> that last scene that he had was with with uh, CJ um, was recorded a very long time ago, um, and uh, so yeah, it, it's just one of those things where it's like his his ending was planned and. Uh, Hey, remember that contest? Here it is, and here are the winners. That was pretty much the, the role of what Radon he was supposed Labs to do. Radon Labs is a pioneer and, in cancer um, research. He has as such well a fear as in the development of stronger immune systems to help fight viral infections like N5H1 and he stick around, so you can imagine he packed his bags and left the uh, left his water tower revolutionary and who knows where he went after techniques. that. Shifting focus away from pharmaceuticals. We see our patients as people, not consumers. Our commitment to you is a healthier, stronger future. Radon Labs. A brighter future today. You will be receiving your prizes shortly uh, after I email you to collect addresses. Um, so that's that bit of news. Uh, and then when stories from We're Alive come out, maybe Tales. You know, it's either me. Tales of We're Alive or Tales from We're Alive. To be honest, I don't even know. <laughs> look, let me look at the website. I'm going to say stories to from We're Alive. Own... Just be a dick. Um, main site. Do, 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 do. You know, I forget my age, like uh, constantly. Oh no! <laughs> Tales I my from where alive. I've been living I here have for to a ask year. my wife. Tales from Tales where from where alive. When Tales, Tales from, from where alive uh, comes to be, uh we may be. When Tales back. from the live comes out, and <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it's the way you well, said it will, that. It will have its own like, title though. Like music. it won't be Tales from where alive. Number one, yeah. it will actually have a title, right? Yeah, right. yeah. That uh, but when those come, uh, d- d- uh, I, personally, I'd love to come back and do it, so long as I have the time and the gumption to to make it happen. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do what I can. <laughs> yo, yo, dude, there will be stuff Spawn. to talk about. Um, there definitely will be. <laughs> oh, I know, and that's the part that I'm looking forward to. Um, are these all going to be kind of like a short story um, format? Oh, they're they're self contained. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. Just well, they're no, not no, like no. Seasons. It's basically like um, maybe well, no, no. A it's um, the way or... we're planning it right now is they're one of them maybe anywhere from uh, an hour and a half to three hours. So we, I, I don't know. Mm, that's perfect. I don't know Love what, it. but it's going to be all contained. The beginning, middle, and end are going to be all the same in the same thing. 
No, that that's exactly what I was I was hoping for. Kind of a short story format. Yeah. Like it's not it's not a full season of We Are Alive and it's not a full series. It's yeah. just kind of its own story. And right now it's planned to have hoping. at least one. There could be more, but um Yeah. So expect one. Don't expect like nine. So we're going to see how one goes and go yeah. from there. Yeah. This is DLC. <laughs> If the first DLC doesn't sell no. well, they don't. Well, it's, the third it's one. Half-Life Three. Um, we. Uh, <laughs> well, it's not so much that. It's just that the next series are so much enticing for me to get started on. That Tales of War Live is actually oh, like. Oh yeah, I, the, I can't sometimes even Sometimes it's like. Sometimes I look at it and I'm like, is it really worth it? The story. Tales of War Live. Yes, the first one at least is so. <laughs> is it's kind of essential to um to what I want to do with the world of War Live. Like there's some some things I want to add in there. Um, so that that's essential. But yeah. after that, um, I don't know. We'll see. So there's one guaranteed, and then after that, we'll see how it goes. It all depends on kind of playing it by ear. I, I'm 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 not as under the gun as say War Live, where it's like so constringent of you have to do it with this, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if nothing else, I could just be your your analysis podcast groupie, and whatever you put out, I'll just throw out a podcast <laughs> and analyze it. <laughs> groupie doesn't matter what you say; I like it. <laughs> uh, there we go. I think I just successfully blew this podcast off the rails now. No, you did. Um, cool. Uh, I really tried to force it there. Anyway. Um. So yeah. So. Uh, if you still subscribe to this podcast, thank you very much for. They're gonna have to like resubscribe <laughs> because it's been so long that it's not even gonna be appear. In the, it's gonna there's gonna be an exclamation it's not point. Not even in their feed. You know? It's not in my feed. Yeah, you it's haven't funny. downloaded this podcast in twelve months. There hasn't been one, you douche. I just imagine the Facebook uh, post yeah. now. Hey, remember that thing? <laughs> remember that thing that we used to do for you guys with the audio and the podcasting and the live? And um, we're back for one episode. What we might do? Lady. What Pretty we might lady. do, um, and this might be something to do, is like, because um, you're pretty. This is the, the the last of the We're Not Dead's, um, and uh, obviously ta- uh, the ones from uh, the We're Live Fancast. We might actually just make a page on the website where all of them are in order that accompany the episode. That way, people can be like, "Oh, this is the one that goes with this episode. This is the one that goes with this episode." Genius. Well, we better wrap this up before my RAM yeah, runs out. I was going to say, I think that we've been trying to, this is, this is the epilogue to episode 65 of We're Not Dead. We've been trying to wrap it up for like 25 it's minutes. It's the We're Not Dead epilogue. I like that. Go. That's really, it's really nice. We, we can't seem to just let it go. Um, well, the thing is, there's just so much to talk you, about and we have the guy. We could just keep, He's honestly, here. could keep going except for the fact that <laughs> I have to be it's up in 12. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go to, go to, um, go to, yeah. go to sleep. Damn, damn East Coasters and your stupid. I'll get off and then uh, <laughs> go zones. watch Sherlock and go to bed. Yeah, I already I st- watched all. I'm those. actually still looking at dirty dishes on my uh, dining room table from dinner that I didn't clean up because I'm doing this. Um, I really wasn't sure where you're going when you said dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? Um, okay, so that this is gonna be it for now. Again, come on, Nick. This is how you end a show. Land this plane, man. Land this plane. It's been so long. I don't know if I can um, pull up on the throttle. Um, so that 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 this is it. Uh, thank you for listening to We're Live. Thank you again for K- to KC cast crew, everyone involved in the show. 
for giving us hours and hours and hours of excellent entertainment and a great story, no matter how much I hate you for chapter 44 still. Had um, to happen. <laughs> it, it, it did have to happen. I just, Poor Datu, the resourceful king that he was. His, he, his um, legacy lives on. M3, third generation. It, it's true. <laughs> um, so I got, I got something you can go out on that's a little better than your outro right now. Um, <laughs> perfect. Sorry. Anything to get me um, out of this. Well, something we'll say we'll say goodbye <laughs> on. And it's, it's something I don't. It might be exclusive to your your podcast too. Was uh, there was a cut line, um, and we could just share that last that the last line. Uh, it's kind of a funny thing to go out on. Was um, uh, when uh, Scratch fell off the roof. Uh, Hope mm-hmm. calls down. Uh, it hurts, doesn't it? Or something along the effect, those effects. Because she jumped, for, <laughs> she jumped from the similar, almost the same spot. Um, it didn't work in that scene because it was like all of a sudden we went really light, and it's like uh, no, too far. We're alive, sixty-five. <laughs> it hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> Gittles. Hurts, huh?